You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. It's good for us because of the good that it does in us to praise Him and to thank Him. It's a transformation that takes place from the inside out. It's actually connected to this dynamic of when I'm worried or I have anxiety or I'm fearful even, that the way to overcome that is to thank God for anything. When worry threatens to overtake you, praise and thanksgiving to God are the anecdote. He's created a deep need in you to praise Him, and it's good for your soul. Take note today as Pastor J.D. encourages you to thank God for anything when you begin to fret. This will take your eyes off the problem and put them on the one who can handle it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 92, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's get started. Psalm 92, it's a psalm, and we're told that it is a song for the Sabbath day. It is good, verse 1, to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp with harmonious sound. Interesting contrast between the stringed instrument and the harp. The stringed instrument is a instrument that is used for energetic praise and worship, and the harp, by contrast, is an instrument that is more solemn in its worship and praise. I mean, two opposite ends of the spectrum that I think speak to how it is that in our worship, in our praise, sometimes it's exuberant, and energetic, and passionate, and other times it's more reserved, and calm, and even introspective, more conducive to the use of a harp, which is such a serene, and calming, and really a beautiful, uh, you know, instrument. And so the psalmist is using this contrast to describe how it is that we praise in the morning, we praise His name in the evening, and we use these instruments when we do. Verse 4, For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. O Lord, verse 5, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. 
when the wicked, verse 7, spring up like grass, and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. But you, verse 8, Lord, are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Verse 10, but my horn, which speaks to power, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's as if in verse 10, the psalmist is saying that it is the power of the Holy Spirit the anointing of the Holy Spirit that enables me to praise Him and worship Him in this way. Verse 11, my eye also has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish, interesting, like a palm tree. I want to talk about that in a moment. And then notice the contrast. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Again, I want to talk about this contrast between the palm tree and the cedar tree. Those, verse 13, who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. I like that. (laughs) I did get an amen on that, and it was only from those who are, anyway, older in age. (laughs) They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare, verse 15, that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Notice this uh, reference in verse 12 to the palm tree. Uh, This is interesting because the palm tree is actually a tree that flourishes in dry places. And it's also the only tree, I like this, that produces more fruit the older it gets. You kind of see where the psalmist is going here. Unlike any other tree, the older the palm tree gets, the more fruit that it produces and the more that it flourishes. You know, when uh, my wife and I moved to Hawaii back in 2003, I fell in love with palm trees uh, because I only knew pine trees. I just want to tell you that pine trees are not like palm trees, okay? Uh, Palm trees are so beautiful and so tropical, and pie trees are so not. (laughs) The only time that I think I ever really appreciate a pine tree is during Christmas with the, the Christmas tree. But I noticed something about palm trees. They're very strong. They're very strong. And when they have the high winds and the winter storms, you see those palm trees that are just bending like this, but they never break. And the reason why they don't fall and topple over is because the root system is strengthened during those winter storms, which actually actually serve to strengthen them so they can stand 
and bear fruit. They're always fruitful. And the older they get, the stronger they get, the more fruit that they produce. And this is what the psalmist is wanting to paint for us on the canvas of this comparison between the palm tree and the cedar tree. The cedars of Lebanon are sort of famous and uh, well known throughout Scripture. This is what Solomon used in the building of the temple. They're known for their strength. They're very strong. And here's what's really interesting about uh, cedars. They grow in the mountains uh, typically. But did you know that their roots will spread outward to other cedar trees close in proximity so as to strengthen those trees together along with that cedar tree. In other words, the cedar tree's roots strengthen the other cedar tree's roots when they stretch out, reach out, if you prefer, to the other trees. What a picture. You see where I'm going with this, right? We, like those palm trees, like those cedar trees, we connect with others. And it's a source of strength and stability when we do. And it is good, and this is something that I want to uh, talk about in this psalm. It's a beautiful and a magnificent psalm of praise and thanksgiving. And when you first read it, at first read, you can almost miss it. The psalmist says, it is good. It is good. Now that just seems kind of like something you just read over. Yeah, it is good to praise the Lord and, you know, to worship Him and to offer Him thanksgiving. But think about that for a moment. It is good. Who's it good for? Oh, you and me. What do you mean? No, it is good. And we're going to see this when we get to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. It is actually that which is the cure for worry. And I'll explain what I mean by that. It's having this attitude of gratitude when you enter into His courts with praise and thanksgiving. Here's what it looks like. And here's why it's good. So when we praise the Lord, when we worship the Lord, we're thanking God. And would you agree that it is impossible, this side of heaven, to ever thank God enough for all the works that He has done? There's no way. It is impossible. But don't you realize that when we pray, when we praise, that there's something that happens within us when we thank Him. It's interesting in the Gospels that Jesus would take note of those who were not thankful when He heals ten lepers. And there's only one that thanks Him, and He takes note of it. And it's recorded in the pages of Scripture for us all of these generations later, 2,000 years later, to also take note of, and for good reason. In other words, Jesus, when only the one, and He's not even the Jew, that comes to Him and thanks Him for healing Him. And what is the Lord's response? Where are the other nine? Were there not nine 
that I healed, and they're not here to give thanks to them for what I've done. Think of it this way in parenting. When your children have this attitude of gratitude, they're not entitled. You know, they don't expect it. And so you do something for them, and they're so thankful to you for How much does that bless your heart as a parent? How much more does it bless the heart of God when we express to Him our thanksgiving? I don't think it's possible to overstate the importance of thanking God and praising God in our thanksgiving to God. It's interesting because, and I don't know if you caught this as we were reading through the psalm, but the psalmist makes this connection between being thankful and expressing our praise and thanksgiving with being fruitful and flourishing. Do you see that connection? In other words, the one who knows that it is a good thing for me to be thankful to God, to praise God. See, it sort of, I hate to use this word, but for lack of a better one, it transforms us from the inside out. I wanted to use the word reprograms us, but uh, I want you to get the wrong impression. When we praise God, this is what we were created to do, right? You know what we're going to be doing for all eternity, right? We're going to be praising and worshiping the Lord for all eternity. That's what He created us for. I think it's Psalm 1611 that says that in your presence, O Lord, is found fullness of joy. He inhabits the praises of His people. You know, when we're praising and worshiping as we just did, do you realize that the Lord inhabits that? He indwells the praises, inhabits the praises of His people, and derives great pleasure when His people praise Him and thank Him. And what we need to realize is that it's good for us because of the good that it does in us to praise Him and to thank Him. It's a transformation that takes place from the inside out. It's actually connected to this dynamic of when I'm worried or I have anxiety or I'm fearful even, that the way to overcome that is to thank God for anything. Thank Him for the fingers on your hands. Thank Him for the toes on your feet. <laughs> thank Him for that parking spot at Costco, Evie Lay. <laughs> thank Him for the little things. Thank Him for the big things. You know, this last week I was thinking, which by the way, the word thank comes from the word think. I was thinking about how much I have to be thankful for. And so I'm, I'm kind of a, a kinesthetic prayer, if I can say it that way. Uh, I like to walk and talk to the Lord. And I just, some of my, you know, best time in prayer with the Lord is just walking back and forth and just talking to Him, throwing my hands up and praising Him. Sometimes I'll pray in my prayer language. But just this last week, I was thanking Him for everything and anything that I could think about that would come to my mind. And it's a pretty long list, and I didn't even come close to exhausting it. 
Things like, thank you for my health. You know, thank you for my family. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for this home that I can live in. Thank you for this car, even though it is bus up, (laughs) that I can drive that gets me to and from. Thank you for this beautiful church building. I, you know, was, uh, I don't forget who I was talking to, but it's been two years and five months, I think. Let's just call it two and a half years since we had our first service in this beautiful church building that God has given us. Two and a half, man, how time flies, right? And I was telling somebody the other day that even to this day, when I pull up to this church, I am just in awe of God and His goodness. And I thank Him all the time, every time, every day throughout the day for what He's done. And this is what the psalmist is saying, Oh, how great are your works, O Lord. Can you begin to describe all of the things that God has done over the years. I think we're going to talk about this more here in a moment, but let's get into Psalm 93. I love it when David does this. He uh, chooses the song selection for our praise and worship based on the Psalms that we're going to be studying. I just love that. Verse 1, the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded Himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Short Psalm. Five verses is all, but wow, what a Psalm. Pretty packed. The short length of this Psalm is interesting because I think it sort of relates to and speaks to the strength of this psalm. And by strength I mean that it's a psalm of celebration for the sovereignty and majesty of God Almighty in how all of His purposes will always prevail in the end no matter what. No matter how noisy those rage waters are, those waves as they rise up. And there's this sense that the psalmist is drawing this beautiful balance between the presence of adversity and opposition and God's triumph over it. In other words, the rebellion of man and the wickedness of the world, it may rage like those floodwaters, but God will always have the final word. I love this quote. It has helped me immeasurably over the years, and it goes like this. 
God rules over all and overrules all. Let me say it again. I'll say it the other way, because it works both ways. God rules over all and overrules all. We like to say it, it's become kind of cliche in our day, but God is in control. Well, it's more than just God is in control. In other words, when God is in control, and He is, then that means that everything is under His control. He controls it. Nothing happens unless God knows about it and even allows it. And in the end, it will always be overruled by the hand of Almighty God. And this is a psalm that celebrates that, acknowledges that. First acknowledges it, then celebrates it. Psalm 94. O Lord God, verse 1, to whom vengeance belongs, O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth, rise up, O judge of the earth, render punishment to the proud. Lord, verse 3, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Wow, that's (laughs) verse 4. They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. This is of particular note because in James, James writes that this is pure undefiled religion when it comes to the fatherless and the widow. And here the psalmist touches on that which touches the heart of God, the widow and the fatherless. And here the psalmist is just crying out, Oh Lord, how long is this going to go on? How long are you going to let these wicked people get away with this? How long are you going to let evil seemingly triumph? They utter speech, they speak such evil and insolent things, and they work iniquity, they invent iniquity. They're so proud of it, they boast about it, they boast in themselves. And if this weren't bad enough, they break in pieces your people. They afflict your heritage. It's taking its toll on your people, O Lord. How long? There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.